We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, fresh off of NABJ. So it's been a nice couple of days there. We'll talk about our experiences there so far. And man, we have boxing to talk about today. So it's supposed to be Jake Paul versus Hasim Rahman Jr., you can tell I am in studio. I am not in New York City. So uh, that fight's not happening. We'll talk about why it's not happening, what's going on. But Dre, let's start. I have actually two things. I have a question to ask you later on in this opening segment that came uh, via Twitter oh boy. for us to talk about. But first and foremost, NABJ, it is my first yes. conference. It is interesting. I noticed this about myself. I'm not a conference guy. Like, I, I mean, I'm mingling. I'm networking. What you're supposed to do. The net is netting. But it's still one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I go like four hours and I'm like, I kind of want to go home. Right now. <laughs> like, I don't know how people go for 10 hours. It's not bad. Just 10 hours is a long, long ass time. But I, I have fun at like the booth. ESPN booth is dope and talking to young people. So that's that's really cool. But outside of that, I'd be like, it's time for a nap. Yeah, see, you look at it for all the wrong reasons. It's networking. People get jobs there. You got to get FaceTime. No, definitely. Like, I you, mean, people need to see you. I've, I've met some really good like applicants too there. Like some good good people. Yeah. But I mean, on the other side of it, it's, it's uh, meeting people that can eventually help you in your career down the line. That may only know you from social media or may only know you because of your byline. Like the first time I went, that was a long time ago. That was like, you know, I was still working at Hip Hop DX. Did you have hair? That's a good question. <laughs> and I don't know the answer to that. I, I think I did. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. But it was like, I went there and it was like, I worked at Hip Hop DX, but I was meeting people for the first time. I had my, it was the last time I ever had a resume. That's how long. I have not had a resume in like, 17 years. What do you use to get jobs? My mouth. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't have, I have to have like a resume. An, I have like an all. <laughs> Shout out to Antoine Booth. Pause, pause, pause. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, like, uh, that's interesting. Like, I, I have at least an online portfolio where I have like a couple things on there. A little razzle dazzle. Every, every job that I've ever had is through somebody that I've met. In some way, shape, or form, it's like I don't go to, I don't, I've never applied blindly for a job. Never. Wow. Because every opportunity presented is through conferences like NBA, NABJ where I meet somebody. And it might be even be in passing where I meet them. It's like, oh, hey, da, da, da. Then down the line, they're like, hey, there's this opportunity. You want to apply for it? Sure. And that's it. Jay-Z's Life and Times, I didn't have a resume. BET, I didn't have a resume. Hip Hop DX, I didn't have a resume. Champions, I didn't have a resume. Sporting News, I didn't have a resume. It was all through somebody that I knew that I met somewhere that put me in position. It was like, I know him. He's good. Because, I mean, ultimately, 
what is my resume going to tell you? Shit that you already know about me if Pretty you follow much. me on social media. Like, the things that I've done. So it's, I don't have to reintroduce myself to anybody. So conferences like this are good because it's one thing to know somebody's byline or somebody's Twitter handle or whatever. It's another thing to know them. Yeah. And be, that means that they're front of mind. So when something opens up, they go, oh, I know him. Like, think about it. Everything that we've done with these, these podcasts or every show that we've done or every opportunity we've had is like we did Wrestling With Stereotypes at StarCast. We didn't apply for it. Nope. I met Conrad. We sat down. Me and him, Bruce Pitcher, chopped it up. And then he was like, hey, you know, if you ever want to do something with StarCast, let me know. All right. I got this idea. Wrestling With Stereotypes. I love it. Let's do it. There was no application process. No. Nah, it's through meeting people. Yeah. And the key about this, and, and when, when you talk about it, I am antisocial. Very. I don't, I don't go out of my way to talk to people. But you're, you're not antisocial. But like, you have, you know, like they say people have resting bitch face. You got resting grumpy man face. Yeah, I've been told that a lot over the years. You just look, look very grumpy. But when you're approached, you're very social. Yeah, like I, I know how to talk to people when we're talking, but I don't go out of my way to speak to people. Yeah. But- you have to talk to people. You have to, you know, shake some hands, kiss some babies. I don't necessarily kiss anybody's babies because it's COVID out here. Yeah, monkeypox, really. Yeah, and I, and you know, I got my 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 hand spray in my pocket. But I've like even just now, I've met people that I've knew them through things, but it's completely different. Over ESPN, Eddie, yeah, that's it. I've never met him in person. Met wow. him for the first time today. We're gonna catch up tomorrow, and you know, we're gonna talk. David Dennis, who comes in tomorrow, who we've had on the podcast. Yep, we've never met in person. All, for years, we have communicated <laughs> through, so, through ch- uh, group chats, text messages, phone calls. Never met in person. Yeah, I don't this, think I've ever seen David in person. Either. But this conference is where everybody comes in. You meet somebody and they introduce you to somebody. Like, we did the reception yesterday, which you disappeared at because you had to go to dinner with your, what yeah. was your social team. Yeah. I'm sitting around your whole team. Lauren, <laughs> everybody talking. Yeah. Like, And it, it's some people, like, we met virtually, but now... Now we know each other. And familiarity breeds opportunity. So that's why I like these conversations. I can see why people spend 10 hours there, especially if you're young, because this is the first time you're in a room with anybody. That's true. That, that, has an op- that can open up a door for you. Yeah. We have a career fair booth. You guys do. And your guys is massive because the mouse <laughs> makes a jumbo. Like we have a career fair booth, but we have people come through in there. And if I see them by face and I talk to them, yep. it's much better than a resume being emailed to me. Oh, 100%. So now that I've talked to you, it's like if, if you eat, reach out and there's an opportunity, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. I met you. So that's why these things are so important. So it's like whether it's 10 hours, four hours, two hours, whatever you do, if you maximize the opportunity, those opportunities will come. And I know people are like listening and going, you've never had a, uh, you've never had a resume? No. It's, it's weird because I, I can't. I've only, I guess, applied for. No, I, I mean, I've cold applied when I worked in news. Got the interview. I had to submit a resume, got the interview, got that job. And then ESPN, kind of. But I only found the link to apply for the ESPN job because Marcus Vandenberg knew somebody at ESPN while he was at Yahoo. And then the link came across his Twitter. He dropped it into our group chat. Boom. And then, boom, I'm in ESPN. But that's the real. So when people talk about, like, how do you get these opportunities? And I I tell people, you need to know people. I mean, it's really about who you know. I mean, think about it, Kelly, even with you. From Champions, Jason. Yep. And you ended up doing stuff. Kyrie Ferranda. Right. But if you didn't know him, that opportunity may not have ever presented itself. 100%. So it's all about networking and communication. It's not about, like, going places and running, like, hey. And, like, some people's like, I got to run up on, like, you know, I saw Jay Adande today. And people, like, running up on him, like, he's not the one that's going to give you a job. Yeah. But introduce yourself. Shake a hand and keep it moving. Yep. I met several ESPN VPs today. They're all uh, here. Marcus Vandenberg knows everybody. So, Dude, Marcus. Marcus listen. just pulled me aside. Cal, do you know this person? No. Come here. Meet them. And I'm just like, all right. And people are like, oh, that's Cal. Because ESPN wrote like the story about me. Right. So like that went out to everyone. So people are now putting, exactly. I guess, a face to the story. And, and somebody like Marcus is like, he's, Marcus, he'll, he'll listen to this podcast and probably laugh. Marcus is going to be the VP somewhere soon. Yeah. Like his, like, but it's all about who he knows and how he presents himself and he does good work, but he's a leader by nature. So it's like when you have those kind of people in your corner, it elevates you. So it's, 
Like me and Marcus have been boys since BT, and he went to Yahoo and he yeah the hellhole that was yes. the hellhole known as BT. But if <laughs> they I didn't had know, a booth, by the way, they did. I didn't know anybody over there. All my friends are gone. Like, all, like it's like all my friends are dead at BT. All my friends are gone. But even at BT, like I took time out to know people. Like the story about me beating Cass. Me and Cass didn't meet for like until we met in passing in New York. Right. And I don't even remember it, but he was there because I met Combat Jack, who is the reason why I'm podcasting today. It's because, of, because it's Jack. Reason why and, we have this show. Yep. And Cass was at the source and I knew Bonsu and Jack and Ernest Estime, who I knew from being at BT, but he, I can't remember where he worked at. We were walking one day and he was like, yo, I want to start this thing with Cass called Wrestle Rap. You want to do it? I was like, what is it? He's like, it's exactly what it is, like wrestling and hip hop. Like, okay. And then I met Kaz, and this is, Kaz is still at the source. Like, Kaz isn't the Kaz that people know now. Yeah. He's still, like, making his way. Yeah. He was, like, an intern at the source. Like, just got hired. Yeah. Like, he was, he was relatively new there, but I kept in contact with Kaz. And then as things go, as, as time has gone on, look what he's doing now. Yep. But it's all about who Shout you know. Out to the merch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, that's how you build your rep. That's how, it's like, you can work as hard as you want. But if there's nobody in your corner, it doesn't matter. No, 100%. You got to have somebody that's going to be like, well, Kel's a good guy. Yeah. Right? Here, Kel. Meet this somebody person. Somebody got a co-sign. Yeah. Like, if you're working in a, in a black hole and just yelling in a black hole and people are like, that work is dope, but nobody cares, it doesn't matter. It's, these conferences are necessary, man. So it's like, what is it? Day two? Day uh, two of the conference. Yeah. I mean, the networking parts and aspects and working in a booth and all that stuff, like, definitely my favorite part so far. Like, just getting to talk to not only people above me in the pecking order of ESPN, but right. people who want to work there. And I guess, like, maybe I could have worked there a lot sooner if I Possibly. had gone to these things when I was uh, a lot younger. Yeah, it's opportunity. I mean, and even, like, so today, uh, we said our social center, she was going on her own. Our social media strategist went to a TikTok session. Hmm. And they had like a whole conversation about how like TikTok, the engagement is not based on um, brands, it's based on individual stories. Of course. Right. And and how you position those stories. And it's a lot of people, I don't use TikTok, but there's a lot of people that use TikTok wrong. There's a lot of people that use Twitter wrong, like Magic Johnson. (laughs) He's he's awful at Twitter, right? But he's Magic Johnson, so it doesn't matter. But it's like these workshops and sessions, you can ask questions, you meet people, and it helps you in your career. Like, she came away from an hour session. She was like, there was like one line and she, and she wrote it down. She's, she's already like brainstorming for a presentation that we're going to have next week. These things matter, man. These things, it's like you will learn shit that you didn't expect to learn because you didn't think about it. But these other people who have been there longer and have done, done more than you, like there's always somebody that's done more than you. Like as much as I've done, there's always somebody that's done more than me. Yeah. Like- and they will present a different perspective on how to approach a situation. You'll go, oh, and then you'll apply it. And it might might work, it might not, but at least you have a different perspective on things. You know, it's it's fun. I mean, day three and four is supposed to be the party days. I ain't going to no parties. Oh, that's the biggest networking opportunity right there. <laughs> I, dude, I, everybody that I've ever worked with, I don't talk about work. Nah, no. So it's like, these are the, play, like, yo, when you go to work, you got your head down and you're working. But like, when you meet somebody and you like, it's not about work. It's always about some, like me and Kaz bonded over pro wrestling. Yeah. We were in hip hop, right? Like we didn't really talk about music like that. We talked about pro wrestling. That's how me and Kaz got tight. Like I've never met anybody in a, like a, a working space and really got shit done. <laughs> no. but, but if you go to like a, a reception or an event or something like that and you meet somebody and you're having a good time, they'll, they'll more than likely remember you. Yeah. Than yeah. being stiff as a boy and it was like, my name is such and such. <laughs> like, I don't want that shit. That shit's lame. So yeah, it's, 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 I mean, there's a lot of panels, a lot of workshops. Then yeah, there's a bunch of receptions tomorrow and the next day. There's one, there's some more today, but I'm tired. Yeah, there's some, I think ESPN one tonight is like at a cigar bar in Which Caesars. I, dog, if I didn't have my son, it wasn't up until- Whiskey and cigar bar? <laughs> Whiskey? Yeah. <laughs> I don't do cigars, but I'll I'll do the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, what? Open bar? The whiskey a cigar bar? Yeah, man. I'll do that. Oh, really? Right. So yeah, no, nah, I mean, um, Bleach Report has one today too, I think. Everybody got one tomorrow. 
Then there's ESPN party at night. So tons of stuff still going on. Before we talk boxing and everything else, <laughs> someone on Twitter. Let me let me open it up right now. Shout out to Danny Sanders. Comments all the time. Said you, Kel, and Andreas. Gotta discuss the Irv Gotti Drink Champs interview on the next Oh podcast. my God. I haven't watched the whole thing, but I know exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about the Ashanti clip. Yes, he is. Andre, now that we got the, the wholesomeness of NABJ out of the way. Yeah. Dre, is there a statue of limitations? I'm being a dirtbag? <laughs> Not even being a dirtbag. <laughs> of pining over an ex if you want to call Ashanti an ex. I feel like this is 2022. Yeah. He's talking about 2003. Yes. 19 years. Yeah. I feel like got to let it go, bro. Well, all right. So here it is. Those who need it teed up, Irv Gotti appeared on Drink Champs. They had a conversation about his relationship with Ashanti. He talked about how he found out that Ashanti was with Nelly because he was watching a game on NBA League Pass. <laughs> <laughs> and here come, in comes Ashanti and Nelly. And that's how he found that Ashanti was cheating on him with Nelly. However, she was dating Nelly. Doesn't Can't matter. Cheat on somebody. This is the bigger part. Irv Gotti was married Can't. at this time. On television. I think he had a show. Dude, he was ma- his wife was probably in the kitchen <laughs> when he found out that Ashanti was with Nelly. 19 years. But you know why this came up, right? It's drink champs. He was drunk. Oh, yeah. When you get yeah. drunk, all your old feelings come out. Yep. But, dog. Damn shit. Listen, if there's just certain things you just not bring up, like, that was, that's a real dirtbag move. Like, you are, you are already cheating on your wife. And now you're upset because your mistress is with another rapper? I mean, this is going to sound weird. I know guys who are way more attached to their side chicks than they are their wife. Yeah, I mean. It's like next Friday when Pinky, they, they robbing them. He's like, man, I got a girlfriend at home. I got a wife on the side. Like, that's, that's how some people think. Like, on, on the real, like, the, the girlfriend, it, it's something about, like, that side chick for some dudes where it's like they tell the side chick all the business, right? Like, they tell, they pillow talking, they cuddled up, and then they go home to the wife. That's crazy. But it's, it's even crazier to say on a show, like, and be upset. Like, he was still... He's still tight. Like, you still. Were, like, yo, I wonder what his ex-wife was thinking at the time. At least they ain't together. I mean, at least they're not together. Imagine that being the, you know, find out from 19 years ago. I mean, he got to have a girlfriend or something now. Like, she should be tight. Because like, he's clearly still in love with this woman. Like, what, you mad? <laughs> you mad? Like, and then the worst part is, like, Ashanti looks better now. Oh, wait, better. Than she did back then. Yeah, he really bricked out. Yeah, but it's like, yo, you dirtbag. Your wife was probably cooking dinner, and you were mad, and your wife was like, what's wrong? You were like, nothing. But you were mad because Ashanti was with Nelly? I ain't going to lie to you. It's much easier to reveal these things after you are now, now that she's an ex-wife and to be a public dirtbag. Because I talk about my ex-wife on this show all the time, and I'll be like, yeah, I was with my ex-wife, and then when I left, like I moved in, or I was flown out by my girlfriend, Blah, blah, blah. And people are like, what? Like, yeah, I had a girlfriend at the same time. I had a wife. It was a very complicated situation. But I don't hide that either. I was a little Irv Gotti-ish in my first marriage. <laughs> like, like I, I don't pine over her <laughs> anymore. Yeah. But it, it's just like one of those things where it's just like, I get it. Like, like my first wife, I was probably like Irv Gotti was with his first Like, oh, man, can't wait to leave this girl. Like, Damn. Lucky I'm here for these damn kids type thing. And then he had the girlfriend. But he was mad. Would you be mad if, you, if your side chick was with another dude? I'd be mad if my girl left me for Nelly. Why? It's Nelly. He got a band-aid. He looked, it's like the Boondocks episode where Usher steals Tom <laughs> Dubois' chick. That episode's <laughs> like you great. You could at least get your girl taken by T.I. I'm just but I'm saying like, 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 like real shit. If you can't, what do you expect her to do? Like, you can't fully commit to Ashanti. You expect her to sit, sit around and wait for you? Everyone wants the side chick to be Little Kim. Lil' Kim's the greatest side chick of all time. All time. Still loves Big to this day. She does interviews publicly. 
Like Faith was never around. Hmm. Like that is her man. She is down. Faith has married like four people since. Yes. Including Stevie J. You seen Lil' Kim and anybody? No. She is still in love with that man. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She is the greatest side chick of all time. That's what people want. Yes. People want him to stay down. Man, it's, I don't know. Down for the cause. It's a lot of danger in that, man. Oh, it's way too much. Like, (laughs) I tell people this all the time. Like, yo, the happiest thing right now, like, I'm so glad I'm with my wife right now because being faithful, having nothing to hide, anything is the the easiest thing in life. Like, I go to sleep, my phone faced upwards. (laughs) Like, I got my alerts on. Like, there's not a care in the world. I am free, my brother. That's yeah. that's how I feel. Because when I was in my first marriage and cheating, boy, I I couldn't turn my back to grab something out of the refrigerator and leave my phone on the table. What? Nah. My phone was a hazard zone. So, and I'm sure she was, I know she was cheating too. But you <laughs> still don't want that beef. What the hell were y'all doing, man? Y'all- Yo, listen, man. That's why... It's it's a rough time when you get together in high school when they go. I don't know. It, it was tumultuous at best. She's a great person, but at the time, nice disclaimer. Yes, at the time, no, yeah, we didn't give a fuck. Like we were wild, and now it was one of those things. Like yo, just don't let me see it. So I really had to like hold my phone like near and dear. Like my phone was never away from me. It no one ever took any of my side chicks. I'll tell you that. Like, if I lost the side chick, it was done naturally. And we wow. just parted ways. But, uh, no, yeah, I mean, back then, back, back, back then, <clears throat> I had, I had like, I lost side, same side chick three times. She came back. I don't, I don't, you know what? We don't have enough time on this podcast to get into details about this. Like, like the, the side chick world is it's a whole different, whole different game. Like, so, you know, you lose one, get another one, that one come back, get another one, that one come back. So I understand Irv. He probably thought she would come back. She never came back. No, man. She just went. She got way more thick. Yeah. Lost her forever. Oh, well. It's a damn shame for Irv Gotti. He, he ain't never letting that go. This was an open letter to her. Yeah. Like, wanna... yo, you know, you still get this popping. <laughs> 20 years later. But Ashanti is like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm way more popping. Oh, way more popular. So I ain't, nobody wants Irv Gotti. No, I say that respectfully. <laughs> like, it's true. Like his heyday, you don't want Irv Gotti. His heyday when he was fatter and he was, you know, murder ink. And then he wasn't. Yeah. See, people lose weight, whack themselves out. That's Irv Gotti. I feel like him and Dame Dash. Yeah. The the fall, that's tough, because everybody else is still kind of popping. Yeah. Like, That's rough. Yeah, like everybody. Ashanti. Ja Rule is still doing shows. He survived Firefest. I mean. Like, <laughs> Irv is just like. I, I don't know what Ja, like, it, the life of a rapper, I've been around enough of them. It's just like social media. It's like, it looks good there. But then it's like, yo, I'll, I'll just never forget Peter Guns. I'm loving hip hop. <laughs> my, my wife's favorite thing about talking about Peter, Peter Guns is the first episode. Yeah. They shows up, he had dirty feet. My wife couldn't get over it. What? Yeah, he like he jumps on like first of all, he had that tiny ass bed, right? Yeah. And then he jumped in with was it Amina? I can't remember. I don't think Amina was on. No, the no, no. no. It episode. was whoever is his, yeah, his, his baby mom. Yeah. yeah. But he had dirty feet. And my wife was like, yo, he's so broke because his feet are dirty. <laughs> and I was like, I, mean, I text a few people, it was like, yo, he's broke as fuck. I was like, wow. Like he can't afford socks. Like he just walk around Flintstone feet. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying you got. And my wife has a thing for dirty feet. I do too, over the years. Like, if you're, the bottom like of your that feet. That bothers her. Yeah, it bothers me too. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are your feet black at the bottom? I mean, yeah, it takes a lot to have like super dirty yeah. feet. Yeah. But what does she think about the girls who have to take off their heels and walk through like the casinos? She hates, she thinks it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you, because my wife's like, she'll, if she wore heels when we used to go to the club or whatever, she packed some flip flops. Like, she's like, my, my bare feet are not touching this nasty ass floor. Yeah, now that's real. And, you know, Peter Guns had dirty feet. So she's like, he broke as a motherfucker. And I was like, all right, cool. If you had to say, being in the industry years, years, years ago, what percentage 
of men in the hip hop industry as a side chick? Ooh. Well, what level are we talking here? Rappers, executives. Well, you, know you know what? Nah, fuck it. It don't matter. Because if you, you could be the most underground independent rapper, you still might be out here. Cheating. So it's like, I'd say 70%. If it's they have, if, if they're married, they have a side chick. Like yeah. there's, there's a lot of, like I think there's 30% good things that work as far as I know. But like, for the most part, I feel like a lot of these... Ra- that's not even that it's, bad. Like, I feel like NBA got to be like 85. Yeah, I mean, yo. Like, N- NBA just seems lost. Pro like, wrestling's like zero, right? Like, zero percent. So, like, nobody's... hundred yeah. percent chance you're cheating with someone in your no, locker room. I mean, look at... If you just go down the line of pro wrestlers, like, Bret Hart was cheating. Yeah, my boy Randall Orton yeah, got names, baby. It's like there's so racking up names. Those ring rats, I mean, and, and it sucks because there are a few. Yes. But you don't even think about them because everybody's cheating. The list of Jericho, that came from somewhere. Yeah. Jericho got a full list. Yeah. Yes. He got a little black, he's got a little black book. <laughs> yeah. So now nah, like was yeah, cap- wrestling. All these capital the stormers in Jericho's oh. battle book. We all storm the capital, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Oh, I feel, listen, I don't know what Jericho's doing nowadays, but if he has extracurricular uh, stuff going on now, I don't feel bad for his wife. How about that? No, not at all. She deserves anything that comes her way. But yeah, no, that's just interesting. So 70%. That's pretty, it's pretty tame. I would say, I'm assuming. But the thing is, is like, I've been with my wife so long. Like I, I wouldn't subject myself. Like I made a mistake early in my relationship. I was like, I ain't cheating. I can just go anywhere. No, you can't. Nah, yeah. At a certain point, it's like I tried that too. Yeah, and and other people will rat you out first. Yeah, they be like, "Yo," and you know, I think people always say a picture's worth a thousand words, but then words don't never make no sense. That's that's my counter to that (laughs) because you could take a picture and it looks a certain way, but it's absolutely not that. I've had people send pictures to my wife. It's like, is this your husband? He's like smiling, having a good time, and the girls here. But I was like, "Yo," she was walking by me. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that shit. Pictures worth a thousand lives. So now, like, I tried that. I have, uh, I have faithful man hubris <laughs> a lot of the times where I'm like, I ain't cheating. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can stay I've, out till 4 a.m. I've been I there. ain't cheating. And that shit still don't, like, what? Yeah. No, so cheating is not the end all be all. Like, no, it, there's, there's. Like, you're not supposed to cheat. I'm like, it's a good retort. Like, yeah. yeah, like, I guess I don't I get a cookie thought of that. for doing yeah. something I'm not It's like getting a prize for being a good father, right? Yeah, it's like... Like, thank you for being a good father. Like, motherfucker, you're supposed, supposed to be a good yeah. daddy. Oh, yeah, you're I was right. Like, I, I guess. Right. <laughs> I was like, I guess that makes sense. Ain't that some shit? I hate when women have good logic. That, that's the, the, the bait of my existence. So, uh, now let's hit a break then, because we got to come back and actually talk boxing. We have some stuff going down this weekend, so you guys don't go anywhere. Don't cheat during this break. Faithful men unite. If you do, Minute Man. <laughs> You're crazy. Listen, we don't judge here, but. Yes, we do. I do. <laughs> I judge. But. What kind of human being doesn't judge. If we had like a certain type of advertisement, this would be a perfect place to throw it right here. But uh, we don't give away free advertising. Let's get them as a sponsor. If you know, you know. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. All right, everybody, just that quick, we are back, as promised, diving into boxing. As you can tell, like I said in the opening, I'm not in New York City. I am not at Madison Square Garden. Dre, at this point, Jake Paul might be the most cursed boxer in the world right now. Like, he, he's somehow caught, like, the Madden curse. He cannot get an opponent to show up. Tommy Fury twice. They handpicked. I seen Rockman Jr. He signed the paper mm-hmm. to make 200 pounds, which seems a little ridiculous because he's 230 pounds. And just like, you know what? Nah, I ain't cutting the weight. Just woke up one day. Nah, this is as low as I'm going. The fight is canceled. Jake Paul's willing to go up to 205. Rockman said, no, come up to 210. He was 216 at the time. 
And there was reports that he couldn't even cut lower than 260. Like 215 would have probably been the, the next ask from his camp. The entire card is canceled. No Serrano fight. Um, Mark Castro, I believe, was on the pay-per-view card. No Castro fight. A ton of money lost. Ariel Hawani tweeted out today. It was trending to be one of the top 10 biggest fights in MSG this, I guess, millennium or whatever. Since 2000. Like, Gate was trending great. All this stuff. All for nothing. And we saw, like, you can't call Tyron Woodley every time. No. Even though that would have been funny as shit. But. You again? You, you, I'm back. Um, no, like, it's, at some point, when does this start hurting Jake Paul? I mean, look, man. I, uh, when you talk about, like, who's to blame for all this, it's Tommy Fury. Like, let's just start with that. Forget Rockman. It's Tommy Fury. Well, they wouldn't let him in the country. He knew. I, for him to act surprised that he couldn't come into the States, it's his fault. <laughs> but then the other half of the, like, I, I know a lot of people are blaming Robin, but let me explain this. It's Jake Paul's fault, MVP promotions. You handpicked a guy who fought at 257 pounds and told him to get down to 200 pounds in three weeks. Of course he's going to sign the contract. It's his biggest payday ever. Yeah. He's going to try, but you didn't have a contingency plan in the event, the highly likely event that he didn't make weight. When I was at his media workout, I tweeted it. If anybody saw it, it's like, he's big. He's big. <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like uh, it's a week out. Yeah. And I asked him, I was like, what do you think about the rehydration clause? And he's like, it's, it's fucking terrible because they had this rehydration clause where he couldn't get above, what, 220? Yeah. But the, he was never making that weight. So that's on MVP. That's on Jake Paul's team. Like, you picked Tommy Fury. Nobody considered that he wouldn't make it in the States. Yeah. Then you were like, well, let's go find an opponent. Rather than cancel the card, which you could have done, you picked a former sparring partner, and nobody in there was like, yo, he fights a heavyweight. You think he can make weight? Well, he says he can. Of course he's going to say he can. You offer me a million dollars to cut down 115 pounds? I'm going to try. To be fair, I'm, I'm going to make the weight. But I'm going to try. But your body's going to give up on you at some point. And that's what happened to Rodman. His body gave up on him. So he's trying to shed all this weight. He gets to a point where... As, as most people know, like, when you get a little bit older, I think Robin's, what, 28, 29, something yeah. like that? Your, body, your metabolism is just like, I'm not doing this anymore. You can do what you want, but you can hit all the saunas you want. Yeah. But you can't. I mean, you should have water-loaded and then last three days completely dehydrated. He could have tried it, but— Probably could have got to at least 204. But I, I, I bet you this is what happened. I bet you he's been, like, 216, 217 for, like, three weeks. Yep. And, and, and at some point, you got to say, well, I'm going to kill myself doing this because next time my kidneys are going to fail. Like, I can't drop the weight. And, of course, if you're seeing Paul and, you, and this guy's going to come in big and, you're, and your guy is not, like, a real boxer. Yeah. And Rotman's like, a, he's a real boxer. No, you're not going to take that fight. Nah. Not. You're going to be at a disadvantage. And Rotman, of course, is going to call you a punk. What else is he going to do? But this is on Jake Paul. You picked the wrong opponent twice. Three times you count the other Tommy yeah, Fury fight. The injuries happen. Yeah. I like we nobody saw that coming. The, the injured rib, like that, that happens. You got Tyron Willie, you got the knockout. But Rodman, like, man, I know I'm not the only one who saw this that week. I was just looking at him, I'm just like, dog, he's big. And he's never fought it that way. Why do you think somebody that's been 257 pounds? He fought at 257. He ain't making 200 pounds at all. So that's that's on y'all. You can blame Rodman all you want, but it's, of course, yeah, you didn't make the weight, but is he not supposed to try? Y'all from the biggest bag ever, he's going to give it a shot. Yeah. Weight cutting is a weird thing. Yeah. Right? Because at this point, I guess when they went to him, he was at 2.30. So he had roughly four weeks. So it's about a pound a day. The argument here is that True fighters, people who are used to weight cutting, which as a heavyweight, you're not. But people who are used to weight cutting can drop as much as 12 pounds the night before the weight. You can't because you got to water load and dehydrate, water load, dehydrate. Um, the question then becomes, what are you physically going to be able to do after you do that? You don't kill yourself. And I think that's what Rahman is camp came to. like. You know what? We can probably, probably 
cut to 205, we can get 12 pounds off, 11 pounds off. But with the rehydration clause, you're going to be shitty. He gassed in his last fight. Right. And he was winning against Kizzy Morrison. Like, you're not going to be able to do anything. Right. And he's going to whoop your ass. And they're like, no, it's not worth it. No, it's not. It's like you're going to try to get him up. But again, it's not like guys who routinely cut down like flyweight. Yeah. It's like this, you're asking a guy who never cut down to that weight to do it in three weeks' time. He said he was going to do it, but he didn't. So the question now is, what's next for Jake Paul? I give you two options. But we got to see if if Julio's out of rehab. That's that's key. I didn't even consider him. Yes, Julio Cesar Chavez was in rehab. They could not go to him this time. But a, a clean Julio Cesar Chavez right out of rehab is a story you can sell. Okay. I would I would go there. I would not go anywhere near the spider. Anderson fuck around and still show you something. Yeah. So yeah, that and Call me crazy, but I try to do the Tommy Fury fight in London. That, that's, the, that's how you do it. And <clears throat> now that this is completely canceled, say, fuck it. Let's get me a psych fee over there, yep. and we're going. That's, that was my number one option. Rebook the Tommy Fury fight in the UK because— You do Wembley. You do something big. You'll make I mean, up the money. Do whatever you want. Just yep. do it overseas. If you can't come here, you need to fight a real fighter. A winnable fight is Tommy Fury. You do it over there. You know what the other option is? KSI. I feel like that fight's always there, but he needs like a legitimate fight real quick. No, no, no. no, no, no. You can fight KSI tomorrow and beat him up, right? KSI has a fight at the end of August, right? Yes. And you do a turnaround. Like He can fight. Jake Paul can knock out KSI, which we'd all fully expect him to do. Yep. He can fight again in like two months. But, yeah, of course, people are going to say, oh, you should have fought a fighter. No, fight KSI. Like, book two fights at the same time. Book the KSI fight with a contingency. If I win, I'm fighting Tommy Fury, like, two months. And doing both overseas. So tough now, though, KSI signing to the zone. Eh, they'll figure it out. MVPs, I mean, it's, yeah, the Showtime thing. But if you could figure that one out, because one is going to do gangbusters overseas. Tons of money. Like, just, you just rake it in dough. And it's, it's a, there's a story there because he beat your brother. He beat Logan Paul, who's a tremendous pro wrestler now. Yep. And you sell a bunch of tickets. You just put an end to that real quick. Yeah, it's always going to be around. But I mean, I don't say Jake Paul's hurting for cash, but you can't go backwards to that fight. You take it now and then you go yeah. to Fury. And then like sooner or later, they're going to stop sanctioning you for those like rinky dink fights. Well, like, man, tell the WBC that. So they're going to rank Jake Paul if you want, which is absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> like I wanted to see it. Suleiman's nuts for saying that, but those the, you both of those fights, and you take them to the UK. You do a pay per view, take them to the UK. Like crack that market. Why not? Yeah, I feel like if you can't get people to come to the US, it's time to take the show on the road. Yeah, like KSI, you could do Wembley. Oh yeah, because KSI it's he like, like he's a rap concert over there. Yeah. Like crush it. Like you could do that, and you put some other fighters on your car, or whatever. You knock him out, but you like, dude, you could turn around because it's not going to be a difficult fight, and you fight in a, another couple of months. Yep. People might be mad like for a day or two. It's weird because Twitter is like, we hate Jake Paul. We hate Jake Paul. No matter what he does, you're going to hate him. Yep. Until he knocks out like Mike Tyson. <laughs> right? And that ain't happening. Fight so, a real boxer. Yeah, but if he does, it's going to be like, my, the weird thing about Jake Paul, and people will say he needs to fight a boxer. Canelo fought cab drivers. Julio Cesar Chavez fought cab drivers. Like, these guys were, these guys, some guys had like 0-30 records. Oh, we've looked through the Deontay Wilder yeah, start like, of the career. You, Jake, for Jake Paul to be fighting anybody, like, the fact that he's selling pay-per-views was pissing people off. It, but it, this is a natural progression for somebody like him. So stop getting mad. Get over it. Like, it wasn't, Deontay Wilder didn't come out fighting the best in the world. Nobody, everybody can't be Vasily Lomachenko. That's true. So, what are you mad about? He's not fighting real fighters. Don't watch it. I don't know why y'all are so mad about this. Everyone's going to watch. They'll hate watch. Right. And, it, you know, the only thing that Jake Paul is crazy about, but it keeps him in the headlines, is he says he can knock out Canelo. And I'm like, all right, this guy needs to relax. <laughs> but everything else. Like, eventually. Yeah, but no, and it'll never happen. No. Like, you're not that good. 
But somebody will show him that he's not that good eventually. But take the fights overseas and figure it out. That, that should be the next step for Jake. Don't, there's no reason to ever book the Robin fight again. Sorry, Robin, you just lost a payday. It's just the way yeah. it is. But you got to move on. The Anderson Silva fight and the 2020. I wish Nico was bigger. Yeah, well. Nico, Ali Walters, Jake Paul would just be a phenomenal fight. It would be a culture clash. Phenomenal fight. Yeah. Um, but Nico's like 154. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, gaining 40 pounds would be a reach. But I, I think Jake can find more people like that eventually, you know, who have a name or, or the kid of a kid of a kid. Like, yeah, you, know? just, you just got to win some fights. But you just got to, you just got to be active. That's the key now. Yeah. And it's hard, it's a hard sell to tell fans like, yo, you're always changing opponents last second. Yeah, you can't do it. Just and like people are traveling, like these kids are spending money. There's a myriad of kids in New York right now with nothing to do. So what the hell are you supposed to do? I'll find Something's canceled like six six days beforehand. Fight that is happening: Virgil Ortiz versus Michael McKinson in Houston, Texas. Um, I want you to do something real quick before you tell it really deep about this fight. Yeah, read Fort Michael. Worth. Read Michael McKinson's record for me. Michael McKinson's record. Yep. I will look this up. I did not know. Uh, is this not great? Right. I feel like you're setting me up, Michael McKinson. It doesn't even pop up easily. Boxer. And, oh, Dre, he has a Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. That, that's good. He's 22 and all. Keep going. How many knockouts does he have? Two knockouts. <laughs> My God. What was Virgil Ortiz's record? Perfect. With perfect knockouts. Perfect. <laughs> 18 for 18. Look, man, I know we got to keep Virgil Ortiz busy. Wow. And I know Michael McKinson is an undefeated fighter who's not a bad fighter I've seen fight before. He has two knockouts. You ain't, you ain't, this, this is cannon fodder. This man is, he's a speed bump. The only thing, we, the only question we have to ask ourselves is when does Virgil Ortiz knock him out? Because it's funny. Early. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but he may be able to box, but even if Virgil Ortiz were to go the distance, nobody sees this guy winning. It's just a matter of like how long can you take the fire? Because you can't keep Virgil off of you. He has nothing to keep Virgil Ortiz no, off. No, this is, this is one of those, like, it sucks, but there's no one for him to fight on his own. That's the problem. So you're going to get people like McKinson. Like, at this point, they're just throwing UK fighters at him. Yeah, it's like, go you beat run him out of everything else. Go beat, and, it, you know, the best case scenario is he goes, punches him in the face, and it goes viral. Yeah. That's, that's Virgil's best. That's the course of action here. Like, Virgil's going to train. I like Virgil a lot. I think he's a good dude. Good kid. He's a good fighter. But there's no threat in this fight. Unless McKinson just becomes this super tricky boxer that makes it very difficult. But Virgil Ortiz beat the brakes off of Mo Hooker. Yeah. And Mo Hooker's fighting Blair Cobbs on this, on this card, too, <laughs> which is... Blair the Flair who got the big brakes beat off of him well, last time. It feels like Golden Boy was just like, all right, feast of famine. Like, one of y'all got to go. Yeah. This is a fight you could have told me, like, yo, we're going to book Blair to Flair versus Mo Hooker. And I'm like, yeah, right. They did it. And I was like, I guess loser leaves town match. <laughs> With um, welterweight, isn't Connor Ben still a welterweight? I mean, yeah. he's big as hell. Yeah. But, like, sooner or later. Well, they're trying to book him and Chris Eubank Jr. Yeah, I feel like that's almost done, I think. Yeah, Eddie Hearn's been going for it, and it seems like Eubank it'll probably Jr. is 160, right? So it's yeah, like a weird, like, 155. Ben, yeah, they'll fight. Ben is a big dude. Um, but I, if you have these two on the same promotional network, like, yeah. I understand you want to build people. You don't want to cannibalize your prospects, man. You're like young fighters. But you're running out of people for them to fight, obviously. No, that's, it's, and Virgil's like, I'm not moving up to 54. I want to win a belt of title. Yep. It's like, well, the problem is, is the two guys that are holding the title are trying to negotiate for a fight, which I don't think is happening this year now. I think so. They better hurry up. I think they pull the trigger on November. I don't even know. I don't know if it's the pulling the trigger. And we'll touch on this real quick. I keep hearing there's money issues. Because Terrence got $8 million to fight Sean, Sean Porter. And you know Errol's going to ask for more than that. Oh, hands down. But... Realistically, we really don't know what this pay per view does. I mean, there's a big buzz around this fight, though. but we don't know if people are buzzing and buying are two different things. I think it. I think it doesn't mill even. I would hope so. Yeah. But you're gonna have to justify because Terrence don't want to. I know he's not gonna want to take no sixty forty. I know he's like 
He wants an even split. Errol doesn't, not want, Errol doesn't want to give that to him. No. And if you're Bud, you're not Devin Haney. You're not young. Like Devin took the chance. Bud, he wants the money. Yeah. So I think they're in a tough spot because whatever Errol gets, Bud wants. And I feel like if they both think, and it's the weird thing because neither of them truly have a track record. Espinosa's like, well, Errol do 300000 right? If he fought anybody. I don't know if that's true. But even still, if you do 300000 that's a long way from a million. It is. And if this fight happens and Errol, and like, yeah, no, Terrence didn't do big numbers on pay-per-view, but he didn't fight anybody. The problem was, and I said this a long time ago, when Errol didn't fight Pacquiao, when the Pacquiao fight fell out, we it. never knew how big Errol was. Yeah. And Terrence was coming behind him was like, well, how are you going to get $20 million and I get twelve? I think that's going to be a huge problem for the next, until they figure this out, that fight not, might not happen this year. And people are going to riot. And if it doesn't happen this year, and if, if yo, and you're going to start running into mandatory. Well, well, if it doesn't, if, if if it really feels like it doesn't happen, the smart thing to do, but it wouldn't happen, is for Oscar and Floyd to get together and hurry up and book the Ryan Garcia Tank Davis fight. Yeah. Because then it can't happen. Because now sure. you can't book the Spence fight. Yeah. Now yeah. you snuck in and you got it Stole in before the, the other, yeah you steal it. <laughs> but all that to say is like versatile teasers has no options. <sighs> You better call Keith Thurman. They ain't, they ain't sending him across the street. Nah. You have to come over there. So they got to negotiate a deal. And yeah. Nobody likes Oscar. So it makes it very <laughs> difficult. Top rank work with Oscar. If need be. But who are they going to put in there with Virgil? Uh, top rank got nobody. Uh, At 47. Again, you can't cannibalize people, right? Like, right. And there's no win-win. Like, Josh Taylor at 147 when he moves up would be like... The yeah, but they're not going to do that. No, because there's no, there's no upside to that right now. Nobody got a belt. But Virgil's just staying busy until Errol and Bud fight. And then hopefully that winner vacates the belts. Yeah. And then he can grab one of the vacated. Because he's WBO number one. Mandatory. Yeah. So it's like, so that's why he's fighting Michael McKinnis. He's like, well, shit. Just going to keep him moving. Yeah, moving yeah, him until the belts are vacated and then he can fight for a belt. And then as soon as he gets one belt, he's gone. Yeah. And up to 154 because he ain't, he ain't small. No, he's, he's, he's big. He's still young, so he can make 47. But, and, and everybody knows, like, at 47, it's like, you would love to, him. He would, him and Boots look at 47, it's like, we'd like to fight all these guys. Yep. All these guys don't want to fight you. No. Boots in a better spot, but still. Yeah, but he, he like, needs Thurman. He needs yeah, someone like that. And, you know, Keith is like, I don't really want to fight him. Like, Keith will say anything. Yeah, but he don't want that. No, story. Danny's now moved up. Looked fine against Benavidez Jr. Yeah. He looked fine. He's still the same. I mean, the mental health issues that came up, I was like, all right. I mean, I, I totally get you on that. But he, my problem with, with, I learned nothing about Danny Garcia in that fight. I mean, I learned that he's still a good counterpuncher at 154. I knew that already. Yeah. So what did I learn? At 50, I, I learned nothing about him. I got to see him against like a Tony Harris. Yeah, he got to fight somebody that's going to make him fight. Yeah. Like a true 154 pound. Yeah. So Because this wasn't a true 154. But there's, yeah, at the end of the day, I hate saying at the end of the day, but there's truly nobody for Virgil Ortiz to fight. So he's going to fight a guy with a 22-0 record with two knockouts. Damn yeah, man. showcase fight. Uh, other one, Mike, Mick Conlon versus Miguel Mariaga. Mariaga's not an easy opponent. No, like, he's not. Coming, coming off of, like, getting starched. Yeah, I mean, he's not. That's the hope, is that Mariaga's completely shop-worn. Yeah. And that Conlon can get his get back. What if he's not? Exactly. <laughs> like, oh. what if Conley's chin? Yo, he got knocked the out the ring, son. Yeah. Like, it's like, you worry about Mariaga. I don't know if McConnell's going to be the it's same. Like, yeah, he, out, out the ring. Like, people thought, like, it was scary. It was scary. Like, I tweeted it, and people were like, you're so insensitive. I was like, what did I do? They was like, he hasn't got up yet. I was like, really? Yeah, it was like <laughs> six minutes it like, took oh. for him to get up. So, that, it's an interesting matchup because of that. Yeah. Because Mick Conner was, what, a minute and 30 seconds away from being a world champion. And it ended as bad as a fight could end for him. Yo, getting knocked out of the ring is the most disrespectful thing in sports. Oh, my God. And then now it's like, all right, got to build yourself back up there. But that is not an easy road. No, he might get, he might get snuffed again. I think he'll win. But Mick Conlon is what Mick Conlon is. I think Top Rank has always known that. It yeah. was like, well… He's a decent fighter who'll draw, but he'll never be like a true world champion. No. Like he'll never be the great fighter. But it was just, a shock yeah. that he was winning that fight. And it wasn't. 
So, yeah, and then it wasn't. So, plenty of boxing this weekend. We appreciate everyone for listening. Again, if you're out there cheating, stop it. It's much easier being faithful. Don't be an Irv guy. You think anybody listening to the show is like, ooh, damn, Kels just stop it. Hey, baby, I gotta stop it. Gotta yeah. Go gotta go home to my wife. Do you Kels- think people don't turn tune into the corner for life advice? I don't know if they do it in front of them and be like, oh, Kelsey, stop cheating. I should stop this now. That's the, that's the reassurance they needed for a spiritual awakening. Just me telling them, you know what? Stop that. They'd be like, he's talking to me. I don't need to cheat. Kel tells me I could be a better man. You know the worst thing before we get out of here is if somebody listens to this podcast and their wife knows that they're cheating or their girl knows that they're cheating. <laughs> it's just mad awkward. Yeah, and it's just like, you, you know… The old Eddie Murphy skit is he's driving the car and he's raw and he's, oh, those are just jokes, baby. That's not us. <laughs> that, yeah, that's horrible. Uh, uh, it's, it's even more awkward if you're with the side chick. Yeah. Oh, was, oh and she, she'd be like, mm-hmm. Like, look oh. at you and he'd be like, don't, don't think I'm leaving my wife. <laughs> be like, don't she? And she's just like, yeah, you stop this if you want to. Oof. You want to be a family man now, huh? Because Kel says it. No, yeah, so... Really, the side chick will feel the worst uh, of this. But you know what? It's all right, guys. Go home. Go home, baby. Go home. Yeah, go Be home. a good man. There you go. So shout out to everyone here at Blue Wire Studios. Let's <laughs> get back on topic. You're at the Wynn Resort. Everyone at Booth, full booth today. Tuesday, Festival of Friendship for producer Cole Bebe. Before he leaves Blue Wire, sad tear. Very sad, man. Um, Heart hurts. Yeah, we don't bring his ass back on the show all the time, though. So, I mean, he ain't leaving yeah, the show. No. But uh, Festival of Friendship for him. Going full Kevin Owens. I got to get the painting. The painting where we're touching fingers. <laughs> like, um, so, we're going to make it very awkward. <laughs> the list. <laughs> yes, yes. I will have a list as well. So, make sure you guys tune in for that. Also, we have... Our MMA show that has dropped already. Make sure you listen to that. Great interview on there. Earlier in the week, we dropped our pro wrestling show, recapping SummerSlam. That was fun. Tons of content out here for you. Follow us on social media, at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Check out our YouTube page where you can see all these great videos. Amazing lighting here. We got the beautiful cameras today. Rocking the big E merch. Shout out to E, who is uh, living his best life. Getting healthy. (laughs) <laughs> Shout out to, to my guy there. And you can also follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andres Hell on all platforms. Till next time, you guys stay safe, stay cheating free. We're out. Peace. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.